morning. Good morning. When you are unhappy with who you are and what you are, you make everyone unhappy around you. You marry people unhappy about you. And you have children unhappy with you. And when you are unhappy that you are, you are self-destructive and suicidal. But you will find yourself prone to making yourself what everyone else is or gaining what everyone else has, either by thievery or by laborious and strifeful, stressful pursuit to attain a position, a name, a color, a body, a power perch that will then reflect back to you the image you thought you wanted, only to discover you are still unhappy with who you are and what you are and that you are at all. Now I can reflect on the situation with our women in America today. It used to be they were unhappy with their husbands who were off to work to provide for the family and would leave the woman at home to raise the children. Seems normal to me. You have children. And for a few generations, we had rather healthily raised children, all things being equal, healthily raised children in a two-parent home that if the father was loving and a disciplinary, if he was considerate of his wife, instructive to his children, responsible in his community and accountable, it raised men like him. Now, I'm not referring to men who went to work and came home and beat their wives or came home and abused their children. No, I'm referring only to those men, which are the majority, actually, who just wanted to come home to a wife and kids and would go to work and endure whatever difficulty that work incurred because of the family he had procured. And that was his inspiration. That was his impetus. That was his motivation to go out in a harsh world and endure and to labor. Now you can magnify that even more so with black Americans who like their white counterparts went out into a harsh world, much harsher, much harsher, not just the natural difficulty 
of labor, but the psychological repressiveness that lured his head. It was a systemic problem in America that took its time to wane, and that it did. Now, it isn't vanished because humans are human. You can create laws to diminish and divert, but the human will always find a way with prejudice, bias, nepotism, bribery, con, hate, murder. A human will always find its way. It is the nature of mankind. But when the woman left the home and decided, well, if it's good enough for my husband to do, it's good enough for me. The children were left completely abandoned to fend for their own, back then called latchkey kids, to get up and go to school on their own, to get their school lunch program, to be fed at school by the government, to be picked up and brought home or to a daycare or after school program until the parents got home. Hence the maids and the babysitters or no babysitter at all, except for the video games and the television that became a psychological, sociological destruction, not to mention the next door neighbor or the bad kids down the street, one of which was a very bad kid in the house who went down the street. And so children were left to fend for themselves. Unless grandma and grandpa were around, more than likely grandpa was dead and grandma was around. And grandma might have been a chain smoker. Grandma might have been an abuser. Or grandma might have been anything but an enforcer. But the main instructive model for those kids was detached and unavailable. And a generation was raised without proper parenting. And the government made sure of that with the increase of taxes puts a burden on the people to sustain themselves and maintain themselves. And part and parcel, the government's burden and overreach for more made it impossible for the family to raise their children unless more also was required of their involvement in feeding the government monster. All the green food it wanted. The Benjamins. And then what arose from that, in part, was the independence that the woman received from not depending solely on a single income for the home. That independence put her in a stressful condition. Her maternal instincts for her children polluted, convoluted, and distorted. And the father's need for 
love, affection, and sex went elsewhere, as well as the woman's need for a connection went elsewhere and a divided home. And then you have the model of the home when there was a spiritual awakening or revival of conscience that was led by the women who then led the men to the tree of spiritual feasting. And there you have Eve again, handing the fruit of enlightenment to Adam, and that never works. And now the men were going or tending sporadically houses of worship with the woman leading the way. And the churches began to be filled with mostly women. And the men simply sat there, abiding, the few that sat there. The other ones simply sent their wives to church with the kids, kept the stress of the family out of the man's head. And now you have, again, matriarchal rule in a spiritual sense. And then you have the sexual revolution fused by drugs, alcohol, and this Eastern mysticism and religion that came into the puritanical evangelical traditions of America's foundings, thanks to the feminist and the Hollywood elitist who led the way in vaccinating the culture against its puritanical Christian roots. Again, the sirens of demonic Luciferian feminism, feeding the men again the fruit, leading them to death. And the men partook partly because what they wanted most was sex. And you saw the devolution of society in music, in the arts, in the paintings, in the films, ultimately in academia, and then in legislation, and now in the houses of worship. The demise all began in the American family. The halls of Congress? No the halls of our homes. It's funny when you look at the families and you can see it. Fathers at war with their children, children at war with their fathers, mothers and daughters. And it has spilt over now, neighbors at war with neighbors, communities at war with communities, citizens at war with the city, the cities at war with the state, the states at war with each other, and then they at war with the federal government, the federal government at war with the citizens, now the country at war with foreign entities. Now those foreign entities at war with us. Now we all at war with each other 
and ultimately, I guess, at war with Mars and Venus and whatever other planetary aliens exist. Isn't it amazing when you look at it? The devolution, not the evolution, but the devolution of society. It is no wonder man is seeking a savior, but he's looking inward at himself. Excuse me, herself. I forget the women rule now. The sirens of feminism rule now. It is dogs that they must be adopted and babies must be killed. Men must relegate their position and give it to the women now. But that is really the white liberal feminist women who want the alpha power over all the minority women. Crazy world. And there really is no answer except the fact that those who are enlightened to this must resist it at all costs. At all costs. There is no compromise at all. You must resist it. You must resist it. And particularly the men, regardless of your internal struggles. The effeminization of us as men, which is why women love gay men, is the castration of the male. You must resist it at all costs. Because the salvation will come eventually, but not by PETA or the ACLU or Greenpeace or the LGBTQIOUZMD, dot, 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 but by the Messiah, Yeshua HaMessiach, our Messiah. Man's answer to the apocalyptic end is not sustainable energy or veganism or Hinduism or atheism. The answer that will save man from this apocalyptic catastrophe to the planet, to the universe as we know it, comes through the one who he himself has deemed an end to come by his hand and not by man's. And that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's right, I said it. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, who sent his son, you know him as Jesus in English, or Jesus in Spanish, or Jesui in French, or Joshua, Yeshua. But you all will know him as Lord and King. Prepare yourselves.